The following sermon is from Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City at the corner of Fifth Avenue and 55th Street in the heart of Manhattan. We welcome you to worship with our vibrant community of faith. Head to FAPC.org and join our email list and be sure to subscribe to FAPC in New York City, our YouTube channel. And now we invite you to breathe deep and lean into the beauty of worship with Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. Our first scripture reading for the day comes from the prophet Isaiah chapter 60. Hear now God's word for you today. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. And a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Friends, this is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Well, what a joy it is to be with you all again, albeit from my new church home here at First Presbyterian Church of Berkeley. I was joking with Scott the other day that guest preaching after just three months away might be a new Fifth Avenue record, one that I am honored and happy to break. I guess the strange yet sacred silver lining of this virtual reality we have all been living in is that 3,000 miles doesn't have to feel so far. As a number of your clergy have said from your pulpit, myself included, we are united. Even now, even after so much change, even from miles apart, we are still knit together in our desire to follow, our yearning to abide with, our longing to worship Jesus Christ. And so here we are on Epiphany Sunday, almost two weeks after Christmas, still talking about and in the liturgical season of, well, Christmas. While the rest of the world has started taking down their decorations and trees, we and the church are still tinkering with our nativity sets. In the Han Powell household, our nativity set includes the original cast, as well as some recent additions. As you can see, we've got baby Jesus, Mother Mary and Joseph, the shepherds and the angels, and last but not least, the Magi, aka the wise men all huddled together in that little stable crowded around the manger, an unlikely crew of visitors crashing the night that Jesus entered this earth. But that's not really how it happened, at least according to scripture. As inconvenient as it is for decorating purposes, the whole gang wasn't actually there together that fateful night a challenge that the folks here at Berkeley have figured out a genius workaround to. You see, every year, one of our resident saints, Kay Wolf, decorates the entire church house. And right outside my office lives the church's beautiful hand-carved nativity set. A week before Christmas, I noticed that a few of the shepherds were on the floor near the nativity. I assumed that this was a mistake and went to move the pieces back to their appropriate place when my colleague Sharon stopped me. Oh no, she said, the shepherds are supposed to be there. Every year when Kay decorates the church, she only puts out part of the nativity. Then throughout Advent, gradually more and more of the characters show up. On Christmas morning, baby Jesus makes his entrance. And then in the weeks that follow, the Magi make their way from the staff lounge all the way to the manger. It reminds us that Christmas is all about the journey. I sat there stunned. Yes, of course it is. The journey, the journey, the journey. No matter how many times I hear that simple truth, it still smacks me in the face, especially in regard to Christmas. After all, Christmas isn't just one day a year we use to punctuate the end of a holiday season. It isn't just some destination we arrive at, just some story we tell, just some mystical place we travel to. No, as Sharon reminded me, Christmas is a process, an adventure, a journey. And if anyone reminds us of that holy truth, it's the Magi. 
Now, so much about these wise figures have been distilled and distorted over time. For example, nowhere in the Bible does it say that there were even three wise men at all. We've only concluded that from the number of gifts they brought to Jesus. But perhaps what is most often overlooked, or at least underappreciated, is the fact that these magi, these astrologers, these priests, were strangers. Foreigners from the east who traveled hundreds of miles to a little-known town called Bethlehem to see about some mysterious Jewish baby boy. Talk about being out of place. These were individuals accustomed to being in the royal courts of rulers and kings, not in the humble procession of shepherds and outlaws and refugees. And yet there they were in Bethlehem some time after Jesus' birth. It didn't matter that their long, arduous travels brought them to some stinky old stable. It didn't matter that their priceless gifts were being laid at the feet of an impoverished child. They didn't care about his race or religion. They weren't concerned with verifying or confirming what they already knew or what they already believed to be true. This was exactly where these wise men wanted to be because they were in the business of looking for truth, looking for God, wherever God could be found. They had no desire to control the outcome, to determine the destination. That much is clear by their decision to let a star be their guide. Now, can you imagine if someone told you today that they were going out looking for God and that a star was going to guide their way? My guess is that you wouldn't flinch if they said they were going to seminary or to the library to find God, if they were going to talk to a pastor or a teacher, if they said that they were going to just do some research on their own and then pray on it. All of that would probably make sense. But going out into the world with no certainty about where they would end up or what they would find, now that is crazy talk. But that is exactly what the Magi did. Unafraid to be proven wrong or have their worlds turned upside down, willing to risk their reputation and even their lives, they allowed their journey to take them wherever this star might lead. And it led them to him, a child born to a disgraced teenage girl and her fool of a fiancé, a child born in the squalor of a stable in some no-name town, a child born with a price on his head. Everything about this infant contradicted what the world expected or even wanted from their Messiah, their Savior, their King. But if even the stars proclaimed Jesus' majesty, who were the magi to disagree? So when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they fell to their knees and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts, gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But having warned been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country. They went back home by another road. 
Friends, after a year like the one we have just had, it makes sense that we just want to get to arrive at reach our destination, wherever that might be. If 2020 was a journey, then it was a bumpy one, full of unexpected surprises, exhausting twists and terrifying turns. After a year like the one we just had, it makes sense that we just want things like Christmas to be safe and comfortable and static. A perfect nativity set with a complete cast of characters conveniently frozen in time. But friends, Christmas doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. On this Epiphany Sunday, we remember that the journey that God has called all of us to is neither quick, nor easy, nor safe. It doesn't guarantee us the comfort of our own homes or churches or even our best laid plans. Sometimes the journey will mean risking our lives, laying down our reputations, our convictions, our very selves, all with the hope that we may seek God where God will be found. And as we know all too well, God is rarely where we expect God to be. As the story of the Magi reminds us, God is found in the darkness and the squalor. God is found in the midst of oppression and sorrow. God is found among the meek and the mild, the poor and unpretentious. And God is found by those willing to journey out into the world, into the unknown, with full confidence in the light that guides us. After all, if even the stars proclaim Jesus' majesty, who are we to disagree? So my beloved friends at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church, as you head into yet another year of living your one precious life, I want to encourage you to do as the Magi did. May this be the year we all go out into the world and follow that star at its rising. May we lift up our eyes and look around, and may we seek God where God will be found. Trusting, hoping, and believing that God will always be found. Now go out into the world and follow that star at its rising. Lift up your eyes and look around and seek God where God will be found. For friends, God will always be found. Amen.